Welcome to another comics podcast. My name is Luke. John, I'm joined today by my special guest and fellow comic book lover, my daughter, Kat. Say hello to the peeps and tell them what we'll be talking about today. Hi, peeps. We're going to be talking about Civil War 2. It's a great comic. It's um, written by Brian Michael Bendis and it's drawn by the artist David Marquez, I think. Marquez and Justin Ponser. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We've tried to record this about five times already and we keep having little We just got we just got a like a fair bit through and then realized the microphone wasn't plugged in. Yeah. So we started again. So if you hear us giggling at the start, that's what's happening. We're, we're, oh, we've done so many Sorry. Takes. That's all right. Okay, so Civil War Two. Oh, I said that's all right then. I'm the one who didn't plug the microphone in. Civil War <laughs> Two is a 2016 comic. It's the sequel to 2006's uh, Civil War. Runs for nine issues um, plus a few tie-ins. Like there's an X-Men four-issue tie-in and then there's a Miles Morales tie-in. We've read those ones, so we may talk about them a little bit or touch on them a bit, but really we're reviewing the story here. Um, so I want to jump right into it. Um, well, we, we said um, Brian Michael Bendis is the author. He's one of our favourite X-Men authors. Uh, we read a long run that he did on X-Men, which was really cool, except for... Two things. <laughs> um, yeah, one, he... Um, there's a lot of talk about, like, the shield and whenever it goes onto a shield scene, they're in the helicarrier and what happens is he always writes it as 1,000 feet above wherever it is. So that's Every a bit time. annoying. Yeah, it's like it's Very cruising annoying. altitude. It never changes. But he always says it. Yeah. Like instead of just saying shield, hel- helicarrier like most authors do, yeah. he always says 1,000 feet. 1,000 feet. <laughs> and the other thing he does. Above. 1,000 feet maybe. I don't know. Is that a town? It could be. That way he's 2,000 feet above whatever. It's like always 1,000 feet above New York or Washington. I wish there was a town like 1,000 feet so he'd be (laughs) 1,000 feet above 1,000 feet. feet. Does that just mean he's 2,000 feet above the ground? Something like that. And our other criticism or thing that used to get us about his writing? Uh, is that he always uses the whole name. Like it's, have you known Shane Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott Summers? Do you know where Scott Summers is? Is this normal that we keep using Scott Summers? Because people don't go around saying, hey, Cat John, how you doing, Cat John? We keep using Cat John, even though we could just call you Cat yeah. instead of the John. So he does it a lot, especially with Scott Summers. A lot. Anyway, we do love his work and the stories yeah. that he's done have been pretty good, and this is one of them. Um, so I pulled a bit of info off the Wikipedia page just about the, what the story's about. It says it functions as an allegory, which is sort of like a parable or um, metaphor, about the nature of determinism and free will. In this case, the determinism they're talking about is what's called causal determinism, and that's a philosophy that basically means that there's causes and then there's effects, that something will definitely happen because of the events that happened prior to it. So it's almost predetermined because it's the only way something could play out, uh, which is Captain Marvel's sort of position in this book. And then um, free will on the other side means that, no, we have a choice in how we act and the events that follow happen because of those free choices. They're not predetermined. Um, The other thing that they really talk about in the book are um, corruption and the failure of our systems, like our legal system, um, our policing systems. 
and they're about real-world things like racial and of offender profiling um, and just how the justice system works. So that's some pretty heavy stuff to start off with, Kat, but what do you think about those things? Anything? Um, yeah, like... It's sort of like Civil War One in a way, I guess. Like, um, Tony Stark wanted to force people to join Shield, but that would mean that there were some things that they weren't free to do. Yes. Um, but yeah. Captain America wanted there to be free rights, and you can't just make someone a criminal mm. because they have a power and they're not going to be, um. Like basically a soldier for the government. Yeah, that's the what it kind of government. it got out of control, didn't it? It wasn't yeah. just about a free choice to join; they had to join or, or they become were criminal a criminal if they used their powers, and some of them couldn't control their powers. So. And what if it's a new mutant? Or yeah, something? yeah. And the it's like out of as control. soon as you get your power, boom, you have to work for the government. Yeah, yeah. And so in this one, it's a bit like that too. Um, yeah. So there's an inhuman, a new inhuman called Ulysses, and his power is see the future um we're going to come back to the science of that but it's basically the whole cause of the war sort of um so carol danvers aka captain marvel wants to use those powers to stop the future before it happens however you can't see the future because if you stop it it's not the future it's a future yeah it's a possible future because right. the, you could always stop it and then there's this other future. We might say a bit more about that when it pops up in the story as we yeah. go through the story. Um, one of the, like, I've listened to a couple of podcasts ahead of this because I wanted to um, – I, I wasn't happy with what I heard. People put the book down for a lot of different criticisms and I didn't think all the criticisms were well-founded. I think like, – I mean, if you like the book, you like the book. If you didn't, you didn't. That's fine. But um, – the, one of the first criticisms that people had was that this was just a money grab for Marvel because they um, Civil War um, did really well. They made a Captain America Civil War movie and this book come out at the time the Captain America Civil War book come out. So people would have been looking for books related to the movie and so they get people in. I agree with that. It probably was a money grab. That's yeah. their business. That's yeah. okay. That doesn't but, mean it's a bad story because it's a money grab, you know. And also, like, of course it's part of the money, but it's also just how it works out. I mean, you don't go – it's not like one of the – like the two powerful superheroes mm. um, have an enormous disagreement <laughs> and then, boom, you just hug it out and – the rest of the story is just butterflies and rainbows. That's <laughs> never how it goes. No. It is never butterflies or rainbows <laughs> or anything between those lines. Sunshine and lollipops. Um, so, yeah, like people said that it was a call that they, they felt like come down from the top of Marvel and then they sort of gave it to Brian Michael Bendis and said, write this story. I didn't sort of feel like that was necessarily the case. Like They might, might have done that. But I still think he put together a pretty solid story. Um, didn't have as many holes as people sort of poke in it, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, you think it still holds up as a great story, even though they've done it for money? Or do you think it's just the money grab? No, it's definitely, like, not just money grab. I mean, it's a it's an amazing story. Mm. And for once, 
in my life, I actually agree with Tony's side of the wall. Yeah, yeah, because the first one, we were we were Team Cap. Definitely we? Team Captain America. Yeah. Although Team, well, it's still sort of, well, it's Iron Man's team, but Cap is on it, which makes it all right. This time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, he, me- he which sure. means it must have been right. Yeah, so he makes sure he won't, he won't go to war with Captain Marvel unless Captain America's on his side this time. Like, he wants to know. Because yeah, he knows, well, that was the mistake he made last time. That he yeah. went against Captain America. Yeah. And Captain America's always right. Yeah. Always. All right, so let's start unpacking the story. Well, um, we've said a couple of things now, but um, spoilers ahead, I want to say yes. early on. Yes, we're, we're just going to go, go through, through the whole story, <laughs> more than we already have. Yeah. All right, so the book sort of, if you, we've got a copy of the book here, um, and Kat's going to have a flick yeah. through as we go, and I've written down some notes. Um, so our first yeah. thing in the story is um, the She-Hulk court scene that I think we both really yes. enjoyed. I love the writing in this scene. Um, yeah. So basically what happens there is that she's defending a small-time supervillain, or not even really a supervillain. The name, Jester. <laughs> name's the Jester. Um, and this time the Jester hasn't done anything wrong. He literally just sounds like something I'd use in a card game. <laughs> you mean like the, we've been playing cards? He's a, a toy. Bit. He's a joker. Yeah. He's a toy. He's just something they've thrown into um. Oh, to tell this story, or you mean that that as a character is just yeah pretty shy. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the game, honestly. Yeah, it's not really that. It's not like Dormammu because that sounds like really <clears throat> a giant demon. But then you just go and just uh, what is that? Just some random guy in a clown suit robbing banks. Yeah, so you're I not mean, really going to be scared of him, Maya. Anyway, this is uh, so She Hulk starts in court and she's defending him. And what it turns out has happened is that he hasn't actually committed a crime, but he was being investigated. And the FBI um, investigators uh, didn't have a case against him, so they ended up entrapping him. So they they tricked him into talking about his old crimes, and then they got him for conspiracy instead of actually yeah. committing a crime. They said he was like planning a crime, which he wasn't. He was just talking about the good old days, you know, when he yeah. used to be a bad guy. And so they locked him up because of that. But it's it's the first time that the idea of a flaw in the justice justice system is introduced in the book. Um, it's they talk about profiling a little bit at the start here um, because they sought out someone they knew was a criminal and they tried to get him for a crime that he hadn't actually committed. So they, yeah. they profiled him. They and, said, like, you, you forget about it when, like, as soon as it ends, you forget about that whole case. Mm. But if you okay. look back yeah. at the thing, I mean, you forget about it once the story starts, but if you look back, mm. you realise that what is happening at the start is basically what the whole story is about. Yeah, so Trying she's to profile it. people for things they haven't even done yet. There's just some person telling them that they might do it. They might do it. And I think Maria Hill says at one stage he would have offended again because that's what these guys do. So, And that's kind of – that surprised me because, um, like, this is jumping ahead, but She-Hulk actually joins Captain Marvel's side. Um, and well, she's technically. The, what do you mean? She doesn't get out of bed. Yeah, well, she, she, we'll get into that. But she does join the side and then she gets injured early on. But she, she tells Carol to fight for um, what they believe in, which is a bit of a shock to me. I, I'm not sure exactly how that one lines up. Well, her mind sort of changes after another incident. Yes. But we'll get into that later as well. Mm. But she says some things I really like. She says, we as a society need to be very careful about punishing people for thought 
We cannot punish someone for a crime they did not commit. We have to allow for rehabilitation. We have to allow for someone to pay their debt to society. We have to allow for freedom of thought because if we don't, we're not a, not a free people. Um, and then she loses the case. Like the jury's not convinced. The jury thinks, of course, he's a criminal. Um, he probably would have done something anyway and they send him to jail. That's not exactly how it ends because then uh, in jail, we find out that, um, we find out a little bit later, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but that the jester is killed. There's a, a fight with some prisoners and then the guards shoot the jester in the fight. Um, and so he was he was killed in jail for a crime he didn't commit. So he shouldn't have been in jail in yeah. the first place. And it makes She-Hulk think. And the only thing I can think of is that she joins Carol's team to stop that sort of thing from being able to happen. Because if she had the power to predict the future, then they would have known that um, that, that would happen and they could have prevented but it. But that's the profiling she yeah. is. Again. Yeah, yeah. So she's a little bit on the fence. Like I think she makes either she's making some bad decisions or it's a bit of a hole in the writing this one, but that's okay. Um also I guess like um her and Carol are friends and maybe she's just supporting a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, there's a lot of little scenes in the book. So the next one we jump to is um war machine in Latveria. And he's on a peacekeeping tour for the United States, um, trying to keep the peace in Latveria. And then he comes home and he gets, um, the president asks to see him and he pretty much gets offered the job of Secretary of Defence and the president's got him, like, lining him up as the next president. Um, so that's just a quick scene, but it kind of um, puts War Machine front and centre for something that's going to happen soon. Yeah. So then what happens next? Where? Um, um, then it goes to a scene where Ulysses becomes an inhuman. Mm-hmm. So he's at his uh, university and the Terrigen Cloud, which is uh, basically, it's um, it, it's a cloud and it <laughs> turns people into inhumans. Sort of. yeah. Can I jump in there? We're just yeah. like, so I did a bit of background on this because I'm not super familiar with the inhumans. So the Terrigen Mists, um, are, they unlock inhuman DNA. So if you've, you're an ancestor, like in, your ancestors were, inhuman and then you've mixed in with humans then the um terrigen cloud when it hits you unlocks that inhuman dna in your body and you turn into one so the inhumans were a race of people that had a pretty complicated backstory um right back at the start an alien race called the celestials had implanted early humans with some advanced dna uh, as an experiment to see what would happen um and then that experiment had been worked into um Marvel Universe as the reason that mutants and other metahumans come uh, from humans in in the Marvel Universe um, because of this interference by the Celestials. Um, Then years later, another race called the Kree experimented on some primitive humans after they discovered what the Celestials had done, Uh, and the Kree were trying to make super soldiers to help them in their war against the Skrulls and also to find a way of stopping their own sort of evolutionary decline. So they made the Inhumans, and the Inhumans then mixed back in with humanity, um, but the alien DNA was stuck inside their answer, their um, descendants. Yeah. Uh, that might be another reason, um, like, Carol is sort of Kree. Yeah, yeah. Really consider that. Yeah. Carol gets her powers from the Kree as well. So she doesn't have a real problem with the Inhumans. She works very closely with them, but other people like the X-Men are a bit... Um, 
hesitant to trust them because... The Terrigen Cloud kills mutants. Yeah. And so, the X-Men revolves around saving them. Yeah, so it wasn't that wasn't intentional by the Inhumans. It's just... It's just something yeah, that happened. The, the cloud was released on Earth sort of accidentally as a result of another storyline by Black Bolt. And, and the cloud, um, it... It kills the mutant DNA, and yep. if your if your body has it, so you're a mutant, mm. then it will kill the body too. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, like a lot of people said, this was happening at a time when um, Marvel Studios couldn't get the rights to X Men and Fantastic Four back off Fox, who were making the movies, and so they started saying, "Well, why are we spending money on these characters that we can never make the most out of?" So let's let's put the mutants to the background and bring the Inhumans up as sort of the new mutants because we, we own the rights to them. We can sell movies on them and that sort of thing. Yeah. Kind of backfired for them really because <laughs> the Inhumans didn't do very well at the um, – they changed the movie into a TV movie, which didn't go very well. But anyway, back to Ulysses just before we jump onto yeah, that bit. So... Um, Ulysses gets stuck in a cocoon and, one of his, and someone he wants to try and go out with, Michelle, gets stuck as well. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone's waiting to see if they emerge as inhumans. Yeah, um, and Ulysses emerges as someone who can read the future and the girl emerges as a monster. As a monster, but we don't see what happens to her. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's in one of the, we the other tie-ins because yeah. it seemed really weird. Because she just jumps out and then – but she attacks. And, yeah, and she attacks and then Ulysses runs away, but since it's, like, formed around Ulysses, you don't go back to what happened. To her – but she starts his first vision of the future because yeah. when she attacks, he, he goes into a vision straight away. Yeah, his yeah. emotions, strong emotions Tr channel. Triggered the um, visions. Yeah. All right, so um, a few weeks later, the um, – oh, sorry, John, that's um, skipping a little bit there. <laughs> um, we go to the Triskelion, which is the headquarters of the Ultimates, which is led by Captain Marvel, and we see a scene with her and Dr. Sampson – um, who, who who's a psychologist, and we get the impression that someone's actually sent him to check she's okay. But this is something, right, people always criticised um, Carol's stance, and I think this really sums it up really well, why she's worried and why she wants to use, use Ulysses. Because she talks about her cousin who has a couple of kids and says that she spends all day just keeping those kids alive. Yeah. So she's always in sort of, protect mode and that's what she feels like as a superhero that they, they never get on top of the bad guys there's always something coming to get them yeah. and she just wants one weapon that she can use to stop the stop things before they happen and keep everyone safe and take pressure off the superhumans because she's just tired and stressed at this and point. then like it's such a coincidence someone who reads the future comes along oh my god no one's surprised <laughs> <laughs> but it was a um, it was a good explanation of why she is the way that she is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, a few weeks later, the Avengers, X-Men, Ultimates and Inhumans can be seen, um, as well as a team of sorcerers led by Doctor Strange trying to stop a group of Celestials. The sorcerers manage to send the Celestials back to another dimension and seal the portal. Um, and then the combined, the combined teams have a party at Tony Stark's tower um, to celebrate. And we're told that, um, like, the heroes ask, how did we know that was going to happen beforehand? And um, 
the Inhumans tell them about Ulysses. Yeah. That they were warned by the Inhumans that something was going to happen. Um, they try and get Jean Grey to read his mind, but she can't. Um, and she says he's like a closed system. She can't sort of break in. So we jump sort of straight into the debate there. Um, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, offers Ulysses a job with her team, the Ultimates. She wants to use the visions to predict the future and to save lives like they did with the Celestials. So the, the first vision is correct. The Celestials, um, do. They, they were going to attack. Um, and so it was good that they knew that they were coming and they were ready for them and they had a plan when they got there. But it turns out the more he uses his powers, the mm. less accurate they get. Yeah, we, as we, we find out as it goes along. So um, Iron Man suggests that they move forward very cautiously with Ulysses, and it's not because he's in, inhuman, it's because they don't know him, they can't check his mind to see if he's on the level with them, and they don't truly know how his powers work. They don't know whether Ulysses' visions are right all the time. And his point is that they only predict possible futures. Carol uses them like they predict the future and yeah. they can stop the future. But did you want to – that's one of your points. Uh, yeah, so it's not seeing the future because you can't see the future because it hasn't happened yet. If you stop it and they do stop it before it happens, it means it's only a possible future, not the exact future. Yeah, and some, yeah, and some. There's a movie called Minari, Minority Report. Minority Report. Minority Report. Report. And um. In that, someone asks um, someone else if I threw – so they throw a ball at them and the person catches it and they ask, why did you catch the ball? And they said, I caught the ball because if I didn't, it would have hit me. But the point is, how do you know it would have hit you? Because you stopped it before it happened, which is exactly what this is. You don't know it's going to happen. It's not the future because you stopped it from being the future. You stopped it before it happened, meaning it's not the future, it's a future. Yeah, but it was going to happen, definitely. So, they, yeah, they throw yeah. it all on the table and it goes to roll off and the other character catches it and the head of the pre-crime unit says, why did you catch it? And he says, because it would have fallen. And he said, but it didn't because you caught it. So it was going yeah. to happen. It was definitely going to happen, but you stopped it and so it didn't happen. Yeah, which Be is what happens. Um, yeah, just because you stopped a future doesn't mean you changed the future. The future. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was one of the criticisms people had was that this was just a minority report for comics. But it has, as we go on, you'll see, like, there's a very big difference at the end. Um the same people that criticised it for using Minority Report didn't really learn the lesson of Minority Report, which was um, that a vision is just a one way of interpreting it's what's going to happen. Yeah, and like the same, the vision can come true, but not in the way you think it's going to come true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you exactly. can make it worse by interfering. Um, this I was going to talk about this later, but you've also mentioned uh, another thing, Raven's Home, where the oh, yeah. characters always make things happen by interfering because they've got vision. So it's something on Disney Channel, mm. and basically 
there's a boy named Booker and his mum, Raven, who is played by Raven Simone. Yes. Um, they both have visions. So what happens? The main it's called Raven's Home, but you mainly see Booker's visions. And what happens is normally they see a vision, they try to stop it from happening, and then what saw is because of what they did. Yeah. So, um, so like. It's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. They made it happen because they were trying to stop it. In one of the episodes, um, Booker sees that his mum loses a um, bag of money. Mm -hmm. So he takes the bag and hides it and his vision. So his vision was of his mum coming home screaming, saying, I lost the bag of money, but really it's just because she didn't know where it was because they took it. Because they took it. So it was a, yeah. yeah. And because they knew that was going to happen, they made it happen. Yeah. It's it's not the same as what happens in this. What happens in this is it's going to happen and they stop it. Mm. But, like. But that question has yeah. to come up because had, had they made it happen by interfering? Yeah. And there's a couple of situations where they almost definitely do make it happen by interviewing. Exactly. We'll get into those very, very soon. Anyway, that's um, Carol's position here. She believes the visions are accurate and she they're definitely going to happen, so she intervenes. And Tony says, well, maybe they were going to happen and maybe they weren't, and you don't know because you intervened. You changed that future. It was a vision of a possible future, not the future itself, because it didn't happen. You stopped it. And Carol says, yeah, well, as long as the world keeps spinning and everyone's alive at the end of the day, then it's right to intervene. But not everybody lives. You can't yeah. save everybody in the world. There are people dying of diseases, just dying of age, mm-hmm. dying of sickness, and it's not like you're going to get um, the – it's not like you're going to send someone to every single corner of the world to go, hey, hold on, there's someone pulling a gun over here. Boom, you're in jail. Mm-hmm. Actually, Tony's next point says, um, what if a guy comes running up to you and tells you that um, something outrageous is going to happen, like someone is over in the corner and they're going to shoot someone? Um, Do we intervene and stop it just because we don't like it? And then he says it's a slippery slope because once we start doing that, we can't stop. What if Ulysses tells them that Carol's going to be the problem? Do they intervene early and they lock Carol up, even though she doesn't think she's going to do the thing in the vision? And Carol says, well, that depends. Um, so he's he's saying from the from the start that that sort of thing can happen, and yeah, I, I don't actually criticise Carol's point at this stage before she's made any mistakes, um, because she's just trying to keep people alive. Um, what do you reckon? No, I mean, I, it's I it might just be because knowing what I already know, but still, it just like later on. Tony asks her if Ulysses said there was a chance Thanos would come to Earth and take a stone, What percent? what's the lowest percentage it would need to be for you to act on it? And Carol says that 10% is more than enough. Yeah, because if it means... If, yeah, if there's a... Yeah, I mean... That's, I guess it's fair enough yeah, because Thanos is a major supervillain and getting his hands on a stone is bad 
news, but if it's more than enough, would that mean that 1% is the, oh, maybe we shouldn't go? Like 2% is, yep, we're going. That's what it sounds like. And then you've taken that 1% and you've made it into 100% because you made it happen by interfering, maybe. Exactly. Maybe Thanos just coming for a holiday, take his shoes off, walk on the beach. Not likely, (laughs) but still. All right, so people uh, criticised Carol's stance. They said it was weak. They didn't like it. I can see how a person could believe that and hold on to it. So I'm I'm kind of okay with it at this point because she hasn't really made any mistakes with it yet. But one thing people said was that she never realised that she was wrong. She, yeah. Even when she's shitting by telling yeah. that it's wrong, she still holds and the And even after people die, which is what we're about to get into, yeah. she she never admits it. Yeah. And she keeps fighting for it. Like, I mean, I respect that people would fight for what they believe in, mm. but after you have countlessly, like, you've been proven over and over and over again to be wrong. Yeah. She doesn't change. She doesn't yeah, take she doesn't change. Off. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I think she, in some, some way she does know that it's yeah. wrong, but she doesn't care because she's still saving lives. And, yeah. and I can understand that, but, yeah, there's a that's point right. coming up right now yeah. where we um, where that doesn't work out well. So... Tony is told that Brody has been killed and he goes to the Driscollian uh, headquarters of the Ultimates and he asks where Brody is and he sees Brody's body and his broken armour and he asks how did this happen and he's told that Carol secretly made a team and... Um, I think it was essentially the Ultimates. Too. Yeah, but... Yeah, but he didn't know about the mission. Yeah, yeah she didn't tell everyone. So Ulysses told them that Thanos was going to come and get his hands on a stone. Uh, The power cube, the power cube. Yeah. Yeah. Also known as the Tesseract. Well, I think uh, like in the comics, there's the cosmic cubes and the the power stone is actually a different thing. Like when you just come from the movies, they look like they're the same thing. But I think the Tesseract and the, not power stone, the power stone's a purple one, space stone. I think the Tesseract and the Cosmic Cubes in the comics are, are separate things. Oh, okay. But that's all right. It's a Cosmic Cube. It's essentially like the same same sort of thing, but I'm, I'm not sure it's an Infinity Stone. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Rhodey dies in the battle and She-Hulk is very badly wounded. The doctors don't know if she's going to ever wake up or walk again. Mm. She does wake up. Um after Carol explains to Tony what happened. So they had this team and they ambushed him. Thanos. Yeah, they ambushed Thanos and they knew he was going to be there. And she says, remember that inhuman, the one who could read the future? And he said, no, why did you do it? And he had the vision that he would be there. And Tony says that Carol killed his best friend um, as if she did it with her own hands. Yeah, because he had warned her yeah. that if she used the visions like this, people were going to die and there'd be things that she couldn't control. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he says, I told you this would happen. And she <laughs> says, I'm sorry. And Tony says, well, that's not enough, because it isn't. He warned her, and she didn't listen. And mm-hmm. um, where are they holding um, Thanos? And uh, Carol says they're holding him there. Yeah, so they've got him locked in a cell, and that's pretty much the end of Thanos in the story. We don't go yeah. back. He doesn't interrogate him or go and beat him up for killing his best friend. Like well, that would be pretty now. dangerous. Yes, it would. That. But, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, Carol tells Rhodey that uh, – tells Rhodey – tells Tony that Rhodey was a soldier and soldiers go into battle knowing what will happen to them, uh, what could happen to them. Um and she tells Tony this is a pretty important thing, that he wasn't the only one who loved Rhodey. Yeah. We find out a bit about that later on. Um, um, now, this is something that I sort of said this before. I don't entirely understand this. She-Hulk wakes up a little bit and um, and she says to Carol, Fight for it. Yeah, it's our future, not his. Fight for it. So She-Hulk, and then she goes into cardiac arrest and nearly dies. And it's just, I don't know, like at the start, um, it seems like this wouldn't be something that She-Hulk would say. Yeah, because she's telling, she's in court defending the jester Mm. and saying that, um, that you can't do this to someone if they haven't done anything yet. You can't. Just mm. lock them up because they might do it. Yeah, so they profiled the jester, um, decided he was criminal and set out to prove it, not to catch him for a crime but to prove that he was actually a criminal Yeah. Um, when he wasn't really doing anything wrong. And she uh, she stood up for him and then Maria Hill told her um, that the jester was a repeat offender and he would have done it again because they always do. And Jennifer didn't like that. Uh, she didn't agree with it. But, but that's kind of what Carol's doing as well. Yeah, so exactly. Just, it is exactly what she's doing. I'm not sure why she's switched sides there. So that was one of the criticisms people had, that um, people were forced to do things, like characters were forced to do things that didn't really suit their character. Uh, one of them was She-Hulk and the other one's T'Challa, um, Black Panther, who was supporting Carol um, when people thought, well, he wouldn't really because he's a king and he's an African. And so a lot of the um, yeah. discussion about profiling in America is out from African-Americans who are saying that they're using it to target black people. Yeah. So if you see a um, black person driving a nice car down the street and the police pull them over and ask them why, yeah. why, why they're driving it, assuming that they stole it, yeah. not that they earned it themselves and that's the type of profiling. So I would have thought, and, and other people have said they would have thought T'Challa wouldn't like that. Yeah. Um, and being a king, he wouldn't like seeing his citizens arrested for things that... Um, they haven't even that, committed yet. That they haven't done. But I kind of, like I see at the start, he, he seems to be a member of the Ultimates. Yeah. And um, he's just following his leader, his team leader at the start. And I think, like, to me, he's the Spider-Man character in this 
in Civil War Two, where he changes teams because yeah. he realizes it's wrong. So I'm okay with that. I'm I'm yeah. alright with him starting out on Carol's team. What about you? Yeah, um, because in Civil War One, if you haven't read that, uh, Tony gets Spider-Man to reveal his identity to the world, mm. and um, as part of the registration act. Yeah, as yeah. one of the registration to prove. Like, just to show everybody that it's right to do it. And that it's okay. Because Spider-Man's, like, this big-time hero. Mm. And so, yeah, and, but then. Then Peter, Peter. Oh, Goli- yeah, Goliath gets killed. Yeah, Goliath gets killed and he switches his side because yeah. he thinks, well, this isn't right. Because they started going out to arrest their friends. like to, Yeah. In a similar way to this war, they targeted people and they made a clone thor yes and, the, and he's the one that killed bill foster um goliath yeah yeah so peter disagrees and he changes sides so in this story t'challa is that person yeah. that realizes he's on the wrong side and changes but that's later on yeah so um what do you, do you think he would approve of carol's methods t'challa um no like because and later on <clears throat> um he does something when he switches sides. Yeah. And he says that if you um, attack them, you'll have to go through me. And if you go through me, you're attacking the kingdom of Wakanda. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I do like that. Yeah. So, but do you, you're okay with him being on her side at the start and changing um, sides, or you do think well, it's out of character? Yeah, I do think it's out of character. But yeah. it is good that they did eventually make him switch sides. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been, it, like, at least yes. they made him switch sides. If he had stayed on her team the whole way, that would have been completely yeah. out of character. Yeah. 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 Uh, and people have said and online that yeah. it, they think it's because they had to balance the teams. Yeah. They had to have, like, even teams, so they had to put some heavy hitters on Carol's team that maybe wouldn't actually agree with them. Yeah. I don't know if that's right or not. Well, yeah, I guess that's okay. And I do agree that okay. at the start he would have just been following orders. But it, I just feel like it takes him a little too long. Yep. Yep. Yeah, me too, actually. I agree with that. I'd expect him yeah. to do it quicker. But, yeah, so part of me goes, like, I, I don't blame the writing for that. I just say, oh, that's T'Challa's made a bad decision there. Like, yeah. the actual character's made a bad decision. Anyway. All right, so then we're moving on to um, this is kind of a something that jumps out in the series. This is a comic they made for the free comic book day that they have in America that they handed out, and it's a flashback to what happened with Thanos. Um, so this isn't like when we're numbering the comics. We've done one and two, then this this um, this free comic book day one, and then we go back to number three. So this <laughs> this sort of isn't number three, um, but it shows us what happened. And it, it starts off with an important scene where we find out that Rhodey and Carol are in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and so that that we see that when he dies, it means far more to her than Tony realises. Because I don't know if yeah. Tony's aware of the relationship. I don't think so. <clears throat> right. And um, I think there's a joke here that you like. I didn't know if you wanted to mention it. They kiss and... Oh, yeah, and uh, Black Panther's there and he says, save me, my ancestors, don't let me throw up in the mask. <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah. So um, in this scene with Rhodey and Carol, um, we get to see that she's lost something as well. So I think that's yeah. pretty cool. So, um, it's Rhodey, gross, but it's cool. Yeah, Rhodey is there. He's not a member of the Ultimates, 
but he's there when the Inhumans arrive with Ulysses to say that Thanos is coming. Now, this is the first time that you can probably say they've done something wrong. Yeah. They have early warning, so they get to the base that Thanos is going to steal the Cosmic Cube from. They empty the base, and they put a bunch of life model decoy robots there as soldiers. Um, so now, and there's no Cosmic Cube there anymore. So they've essentially taken the threat away. So they could have done that without getting into a fight with Thanos. And this is where they've kind of... So Ulysses had a vision that Thanos was going to attack and get a cosmic cube. At this point, they decided to ambush him. So they have taken the vision and made a mistake as far as I can see. They could have just left it alone and seen what happened or watched him from a distance. But he didn't attack and they jumped out at him. And then he's the one who hits first but they all jumped out and ambushed yeah. him. Um, so he shoots first and then they just let him have it. So the, the Inhumans are there, the Human Torch is there, um, the, a Dazzler, I don't know if she's a me- I assume she's a member of the Ultimates because they're um, part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and a bunch of heavy hitters and, and War Machine takes um, Thanos on directly himself. Um, Medusa jumps in and... This is where it sort of goes wrong because Thanos throws... Medusa into Rhodey. Yeah. Then that causes uh, Rhodey to knock... Uh, so she knocks missiles out of Rhodey. Yeah, well, he, he was about to fire and she hits him. And then it um, and then it hits Jennifer. Yeah, so she we Hulk. find out that's friendly fire so that War Machine's actually the one who nearly killed She-Hulk. But if Thanos didn't throw Medusa off... Yeah. But technically, if they weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all a big mistake, but it's not like Thanos shot Jennifer. Yeah. Um, Rhodey shot Jennifer. He but didn't he, mean to. But he does kill Thanos. No. I mean, he does kill Rhodey. <laughs> yeah, so then he's distracted by the fact he's nearly killed one of his friends, Rhodey, and that's when Thanos smashes him. He just hits him once really hard and destroys his armour, but he sort of punches right through him. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the heroes take Thanos sort of one at a time and then Carol knocks him out. Um, so that was – that's an intense scene. So that's what we find out the background there. Um, that's just a really quick – just one scene comic that they give away on free comic book day. So it's an example of how I think they made things worse by interfering. Um, if they – if he had have just come and, and found out there was no cosmic cube, he may have just left. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, like... Um, I think this is one of the things you wanted to talk about. So yeah. So we've got a vision of the future. Because they, they could have just, like... Um, it would have been safe to leave the life model decoys there, maybe, because mm. once because if he was actually there for the cube, which he probably was... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, they've taken the cube, but he might destroy the place trying to find it because he might think it's, like, under high security. Yeah. So he might have killed the soldiers if they were real. So, it like, they could have just left the model decoys oh, there... Oh, so what you're saying. So, yeah, and, and then... And not attacked. And then Like, he, just taken the cube. He destroys the base. He thinks that he has... Just one me. in a way, yeah, and then nobody real has attacked him or been in danger, yeah, and he would leave because the cube's not there, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right about that, yeah. Mm. But they attacked, they made it worse, and nearly got two Avengers killed one killed and one nearly killed, yeah. But she does die for a minute, her heart stops, but they get it back, yeah, yeah. 
And that's that. Now we're then up to... we flash back to where we left. So I was actually wrong. That's yeah. only the first two comics now. So yeah. we're up to issue two of the main thing out of nine. Yeah. So, it's a so where we left off was after he told Carol not to. Uh, she Hulk goes into this mental thing where she just has this like heart attack sort of. What was it? It was a uh, cardiac arrest. Yeah, yeah cardiac so arrest. And um, and but just before she does, Ooh. Tony storms off. Black Panther asks asks, "What are you doing?" And he said, "Making sure nothing like this ever happens That's again." Right. Then it flashes to what happened with Thanos, Rhodey, and She Hulk, mm. and Carol, and all that. And now it's going back, and Tony is like in Maybe. the. Yeah. yeah, he's in New Adelaide, which is where the Inhumans live, and he's in this stealth Iron Man suit, and he's going to um, not kill Ulysses, but just take him. Yeah. So, hey, we, we saw the stealth suit. Um, MJ comes to find Tony in the lab, and Friday has turned the stealth suit on, yeah. and Tony's looking for it. And, and she says, well, you told me to fix the... The suit, so you couldn't find it. So now I'm trying to find it. So yeah, it's a good thing. So he's looking for that when he finds out about Rody. What do yeah. we call that when we wish shown something insignificant early in the story? That is called Chekhov's gun. Yes. it's um, it's saying that the well, the original thing was if there's a gun on the wall mm. and it's not and it's not used later but it's obvious that it's there, then it shouldn't be there. Yeah, so if it has no use to the story, don't include it in your story. So exactly. even things that seem insignificant can become important. Yeah. It's so, by a Russian author named Anton Chekhov. Yeah. Chekhov's so, gun. So that's what happens. Yeah, the yeah. stealth suit comes into play. So obviously he found it eventually. Yeah, so he attacks the... Well, he does, he does oh, even, sorry. So he, he goes to take him. But then Medusa knows he's there and he comes uh, and she attacks him first. She actually makes the first move. He doesn't even attack. But, but he has invaded their yeah, home. Yeah, he has and, invaded the and, home. And she sees it as an attack on her kingdom. Yeah. Even though he hasn't actually physically attacked, he has broken laws. Um, and then just before he leaves, Medusa said, he attacked me. But she, he actually never attacked her. Yes, I see. She attacked him and, well, she um, zaps her hair to get her he, no, off. He, yeah, he zaps her hair because she's taking over his suit with her hair. Yeah. So, so he tasers her through her hair. Yeah, and then he attacks Karnak because Karnak goes to hit him mm-hmm. and he attacks him. So all the attacking Tony does is actually just after... He's been attacked. Yeah. I mean, he has invaded the city, but they, all of them, made the first move. Yeah. Before he attacked them yeah. individually. Yeah, so it's saying. So it's kind of self-defense. Yeah. I but kind of like, think like he, he, he's, he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and he refused but, to leave. Like Medusa gave him a warning, said he had to stand down, and would they'd talk about it later when he uh, cooled down a bit. Yeah. But he he's refuses so like i can see how how why they attacked yeah in this case yeah but still you can't really say that he attacked me when you attacked him 
And then um, they blow his suit up but realise that there were two in there and one was a decoy. Mm. And they blow up the decoy while he gets away with Ulysses. Yeah. And um, Beast is the one that tells them that that's a manoeuvre Tony always uses. It's a signature move. And um, Crystal says, why didn't you help us fight Tony? What does Beast say? He says, I don't fight Tony Stark. I like that. So he Beast, I think, is one of the Illuminati. Yeah. With Tony and his Or own. at least one of the X-Men Avengers. Yeah, and he, like he just, Wolverine. even though he now has left the X-Men and is helping the Inhumans because he wants to save yeah. mutants from the Terrigen Mist and they're working together, Yeah, he um he still won't fight Tony. So he's neutral through this, even though he's on the Inhuman side. He yeah. He never fights um, in the war. And so the reason, so they go to Stark Tower, but he's not here. Uh, like he's not there. Yeah. Um, and so the Avengers go to stop them from destroying Stark Tower. Um, and they say, "Give us a chance to just um talk to Tony." And it's just a few of the Avengers and a whole lot of Shield agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and Medusa says. Why should we give you a second chance? He stole one of our people, which is mm. fair enough. Yeah. And, but, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, but they end up talking Medusa down and getting her yeah. to stop, saying they all deal with Tony. Um, now, there's a bit of a confusing thing there because later Tony tells um, Karnak that he owes him a building, but yeah. it looks like they stopped Karnak from knocking down the building. Yeah. So unless they mean this next building. So we find out... Ulysses wakes up, he's tied to a chair. Um, Tony tortures him in a pretty funny torture scene, really, I guess. It's um, not really torture. No. He's just trying to get Ulysses to react emotionally so that Friday can yeah. scan his brain. He just flicks him. And, te- well, he, and then he threatens to punch him. He threatens to punch him, but he doesn't actually punch him. No, but he's doing that so that his brain yeah. reacts to see if he can spark a vision so Friday can work out how these powers work. So, not sure if you remember, but... Um, if we go back to when he first comes out of the cocoon mm. and the other person comes out and she's a monster yes. and she's uh, – Ulysses is scared of her mm. and that's what triggers his first vision. Yes. So then Tony works out that um, his visions spark with fear or other strong emotions yes. that are going on. Yes. Um, so like under pressure mm. or – things like that. So he flicks him and he gets a reading on the brain, but it doesn't work. So he goes to punch him. Um, the Friday says, um, punch him again. And so he goes to punch him. Yeah. And so um, another thing, Tony tells him that he's got Jessica Jones and Dakota North looking into um, Ulysses' background while Friday picks his brain because he's trying to look for weaknesses in the vision. He wants to know if pain and emotion influence the vision and does his personality affect the vision? Is he biased in any way? Like, does he have any biases that will affect the vision? Yeah. And he says things like um, race, sexuality, politics, that any of those thoughts in Ulysses' head change the vision? Or is it a pure vision? Yeah. He wants to know if the visions are pure. And he or if they're just they're bias. Yeah, which everyone has a bias, is yeah. Tony's point. So he, he's not picking on Ulysses. He's saying... What are your biases? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has biases. So I don't believe these visions can be pure. It's not about Ulysses. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about Ulysses. It's just the fact that 
every single person has a bias, which means that's going to affect the way he thinks about things. Yeah. So Tony seems like he's going off the rails a bit, but he is trying to cover it from every angle. He seems a bit nuts, but he's also coming at it from a scientific standpoint. And then Friday tells him that all the superheroes come in, you see them come up on the screen, and he just unties Ulysses, dusts him off and says, act like you're having fun. And he says, what? And then Thor's hammer just breaks the wall and all the heroes are standing there. Mm. And then they say, Tony, you've kidnapped him from his home and tortured him. And then it goes to this really funny scene where Tony's smiling and hugging him and going, I didn't torture him, look at him. And then Ulysses just goes, he tortured me. And Tony goes, a little bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> I just, hilarious. I think it was really well done scene. Um, then Carol and Tony go at it again. They argue away. Uh, and this sparks, their argument sparks another vision from Ulysses. So this time um, the vision uh, is more powerful and actually spreads out from Ulysses to anyone in the room can feel the vision as if it was actually yeah, happening. Yeah, and see it and yeah. everything. Now, why, um, I wanted to stop for a sec as we flip through the book because I wanted to make this clear. Can you talk about the picture that comes up as the vision and, and like, everything that we see? Okay. this is important. So the background is a burning city. Like, yeah. it's just flames and darkness. Mm -hmm. And then um, the majority of the page, though, is Hulk. He looks, like, really big. He's, like, Huge. not mm. giant. But it's supposed to look that way, sort of. Oh, no, I think, yeah, he's bigger than normal. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's bigger than normal. He's really big. Um, and he's got Carol in one hand, Iron Man in another. He's roaring. He looks like this giant Frankenstein monster. And then Captain America, the She-Thor, Spider-Man and Hawkeye can be seen dead on the ground. Mm. So I think you're also supposed to get the impression that oh, I was um, wondering where you were getting Spider-Man. Yeah, she's just pointed to the page for me because she knew what I was looking for. Yeah, and so I think you're supposed to also think that Carol and Iron Man are dead. Hmm. But, like, um, they're the two sides of the argument and yeah. he holds them in both hands. That was what I was going to say. And he's, so, like, roaring like a giant monster. So this sort of looks to me like the vision is about if the war gets too far out of control. And also it, that maybe a bias is involved because he, he has got Carol and Tony in his hands, not, yeah. not other people. So that's like a stronger symbol. Now, yeah. I, we, we've said the background's on fire and it looks like a city yeah. or at least a couple of buildings and the foreground could just be a destroyed city or it could be a wilderness scene. I'm not quite sure on that one. But, but um, it does look like a city because they're very tall towers. Yeah. And they look like work towers. Um, but... Um, we don't know this because we haven't, like, we've read ahead, hmm. but if we just say we hadn't read ahead, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't know that these people are relevant. Yeah. But Captain America, Hawkeye, and Spider-Man, those three are very important, and so are Thor. Yeah, like, so she, Thor. she's involved. So th this is the Lady Thor, or they're yeah. just calling her Thor, not Lady Thor or she Thor, but... This is the Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. Um, she helps when it gets um, involved with Spider-Man, which we'll yeah. come to after this whole incident. Yeah. So the vision stops and all the Avengers and Ultimates are flat out on the ground and they go, sort of, what was that? Um, so in Tony's words, they all felt it, saw it and tasted it. 
Um, Ulysses tells them that he's sorry, but the Hulk is going to kill them all. Um, so the last page of this one is Carol going to Utah to Bruce Banner's secret lab to confront him. Well, not really that. It's not a secret. <laughs> he thinks it's a secret lab. But I guess my point in going through the background of the vision is that unless it's the secret lab burning, then yeah. that vision didn't happen there. Exactly. Yeah, so this is another situation where she's probably interfered with and what was going to happen. Like, he was just peaceful. Mm. We find out that he's been experimenting on himself, but his experiments have actually worked, and he only hulks out because Tony and Carol go in, tell him to go outside. Tony explains that he's 100% against this. Mm. Um, and that the room is split, like the heroes yeah. are split down the middle. Yeah, and um, but when Bruce walks outside, um, all the superheroes are there. Yeah, X-Men... And technically, if you don't bring the superheroes you see get killed, how is that going to be like that? Yeah, they've made this happen by putting everyone in the Hulk's path. They could have sent people that weren't in the vision. They could have just left him alone and monitored it. They could have sent one of those people who give the Hulk a lullaby. Yeah, like like And just, like, explained it to him calmly or just Carol and Tony. yeah. Or, Tony or just Tony. Can, yeah, like, I mean, Tony can explain what happened. Or they could just send Carol because it's her fault. Yeah, well, I see, I think she's part of the problem, though, isn't it? So, like, I, yeah. I reckon it, they could have sent someone who was just going to... Yeah, I mean, it's her, but, I mean, she should deal with the consequences yeah. of the Hulk hulking out. Yes. But oh, that's what he's saying. Like, so if he does turn into the Hulk and he smashes her, then that's her yeah. fault. Cause she, <laughs> yeah. But, but, like, at the same time, it's basically her fault that um, he does Hulk out. So, like, yeah. if it was Tony and um, Captain Marvel, Tony could just go, what hey, mean? buddy, <laughs> I'm on your side. I'm just going to keep you calm. But if you do want to go into the Hulk, smash her. She wants to arrest you. <laughs> See, I think they could have just, like they did with the Celestials, had a plan, just gone, well, if he, if it happens, then this is our plan, instead of going all guns blazing at him. Yeah. And, or just had Tony go and say, look, we've had this warning that the Hulk could have a meltdown and make Bruce an ally, yeah. you know, but that's not what they did. So, anyway, we, we're jumping to the start of Civil War Three now. Um, th- this is a flashback Episode well, it, so it's flash forward flashback. No, no, three. Oh yeah, three. sorry, you're right. It's Civil not War three. <laughs> Civil War three, uh, two, part issue three. three. Yes. Um, so we start off with um, we're in a courthouse with Matt Murdock as the attorney and um, Captain Marvel or Colonel. It might have Carol. been She-Hulk, but hey, she can't get out yes. of bed. So um, Colonel Danvers is called to the stand as. Um, a witness and asked to say what happened. And then we flash back to what happened What happened in Bruce's lab where Tony, without his suit, that's part of the deal, he's not allowed to come as Iron Man, he comes as Tony, but he's in his under suit, you know, that suit yeah. that he wears underneath the armour so he can summon the armour. Um, and Carol both come to talk to Bruce in his secret lab that he realises isn't all that secret. Um we, um, what happens? So Carol and Tony take Bruce outside 
where there's a selection of heroes, like a huge selection from all the teams, even Deadpool's there, which, it, like, if you don't want to start stupid. a fight, why don't you bring Deadpool? Um, both Spider-Men are there. The Young Avengers who go on to become the champions are there. Uh, heaps of shield planes in the sky, which is pretty threatening. Um, the There's X-Men. Falcon. Inhumans and Avengers and Ultimates. Well, it's the Captain America Falcon. Yes, so Captain America and Captain America Falcon, Spider-Man and Miles Morales Spider-Man. <laughs> and in this picture, it's just like it looks really threatening. And what Bruce, um, the only three word bubbles on the page is one from Bruce, which says, oh, my God, what did I do? One from Tony, which says, that's the thing, Bruce, you haven't done anything. And then one from Medusa that says yet. Yes. So very clearly. As in like you haven't done anything yet. Yet. We're in the wilderness. We're not in the city. So um, the vision can't actually happen there. Uh, next we see Tony being sworn in by Matt Murdock and telling his story. It all jumps around a bit between the court scene and the flashbacks to what is happening out in the um, in the field. I actually, you know, from where we said before that um, his secret lab is in, um, like you were saying that you thought it's inside the um, the barn or something. I think you might be right, hey? Yeah. Because so it does look like that. It doesn't look like there are any other. Other buildings around? You can see. You can yeah. see some stuff inside the barn behind Bruce. Yeah. And did so, you want to describe what was happening? Yeah, so uh, basically every single superhero there is shows up at his front door saying, you're going to kill us all. And it's like he hasn't been Hulk for years. and uh, For a full year. I think it, it says oh. that it's been one year since he's hopped out. Yeah. And then... Uh, Carol introduces Ulysses, the um, future-seeing Inhuman, and Ulysses is, like, sort of scared because he's the one accusing Hulk of doing this, so... He doesn't really want to meet him. Yeah, and then... Um, and Carol says he sees visions of the future, and then Tony says of a possible future. And um, and Bruce is like, I don't understand what's going on. And um, and he asks Tony if he experienced it too. And Tony says that it was really bad. And, like, he says it's all the way bad. I mean, like all these superheroes are out here. We wouldn't have bring them all here if, you know, yeah. Yeah, and then we're flashing back and forth between the court and the field, and um, Carol and Tony are both on the stand being interrogated, and what seems to happen is that um, Beast, um, while everyone's talking to Bruce and calming him down, Beast hacks into his computer and finds out that he has been experimenting on himself again. So Bruce um, has been experimenting on himself to try and stop the Hulk. And he tries to say that um, it's his experiments that have stopped the Hulk from coming out and kept the Hulk away. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they, he starts to feel like he's being judged by everyone. 
And then, um, uh, Maria Hill says that he's under arrest, and Hulk, well, Bruce says, I haven't turned into the Hulk in almost a year because of my experiments, and you all come to my house and accuse me of, and he doesn't finish, and then he says, what did you think? And then you see an arrow fly out, and it hits the Hulk, and it kills him. It hits Bruce before he oh, turns yeah. into the Hulk. Before he turns into the Hulk, but green blood still comes out. Yeah, so maybe that is a sign that he was um, he was turning. And the person who does kill him, which it's sort of obvious after you see the arrow, but the person who does kill him um, says that he saw a flicker of green in his eyes just before it happened. And that person is? Hawkeye. So um, they say it's in the trees and then Hawkeye's just up there and he puts his hands out to say, yeah, arrest me, I deserve this. Um, Then it goes back to the courtroom and they call um, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, to the... um, well, yeah, so what, what it appears is that, like, you find out now that the trial is Clint's trial. Yeah. Uh, that that's why they've been in the court the whole time. Yeah. So it's the trial of Clint for killing Bruce. Okay, Carol testifies next that she was convinced that Hawkeye saved lives by his actions uh, and that Bruce's wishes were fulfilled. It was something that Bruce wanted. Yeah, so what happens next is, um, so Captain America says, like, he asks Hawkeye why, and, um, Hawkeye says, because he asked me to, and then it goes to a flashback where, um, Bruce and Hawkeye are just, like, alone, and, um... Bruce gives, like, a little um, arrow tip sort of thing to um, Hawkeye and um, says it will kill him. And if they ever – if he ever hulks out again, ever, he wants him to use it. Yeah, like, regardless of what Bruce is doing as the Hulk, he he doesn't want to become the Hulk again. So he actually asked Barton to kill him. And the reason for that is, he said, because eventually he'll be able to live with the choice he made. Like, he doesn't think that any of the other heroes would be able to live with it if they killed him. But they think that eventually, he thought that eventually Clint could live with it. And Clint thinks that that's an insult, not a compliment. But Bruce says, no, it is a compliment because that's how high he, he holds him. He trusts him with his life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, he said that he wanted, he wanted him to, um, he wanted Hawkeye to put him down, um, no matter what happened under any circumstances. And then, um, then it just goes on to, um. And that's the beast. testifies that the arrow was designed by Bruce and that the plans for the arrow were on Bruce's computer. Um, Yeah, and then they find a video that um, says that they've asked, um, that he had asked um, Hawkeye to kill him 
and then... So Matt says, um, but he didn't actually hulk out. And Clint tells us that he was about to, and that even though he was further away, he could see um, the Bruce's eyes start to change green before anyone else could because his eyes are better than everyone else's. Yeah, his eyes are slightly more acute, and um, they saw he saw that um, they flickered green, um, so he um, let it go, like he let the arrow go. So Carol testifies next that um, the Ultimates have been using Ulysses to save the world sort of in secret. Um, she says she can't go into details because it's national security stuff, but um, we see a series of flashes of uh, different things where the Ultimates have used Ulysses' visions to save people and the Defenders as well. Uh, which the Defenders includes Matt Murdock as Daredevil, even though he is um, the lawyer in the courtroom. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then we flash back to the moment after Bruce died and a fight that happens between uh, Tony and Carol. Do you want to go through that one? Yeah, so... Um, so, Tony says, you made this happen. To Carol, and she says that's not fair. And he said, "You chased this though. You couldn't leave this alone. And now another one of us is gone." Um, remembering that Rhodey has died, um, and then he turns around and he says, "Who's next on your hit list?" And um. And, yeah, Medusa goes. So Carol actually tells Medusa to leave. And um, then Ulysses says, I'm sorry. And so he's sorry about causing all this hardship. Yeah. 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 And um, then Tony goes, no, this is none of your call. Uh, none of this is your call. <laughs> sorry. And then we see the um, the guys who become the champions, so Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, Spider-Man and Nova um, going, oh, what do we do? You know, and they start thinking about it and Nova and Spider-Man agree that they're on Tony's side. Yeah, and Miss Marvel is as well. She doesn't say it there, but um, there are a lot like... They all go together. Yeah, they all go together yeah. and there's also a picture... Somewhere in this book, like mm -hmm. in the breaks, where Miss Marvel is ripping a um, picture of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, because oh, Captain she's... Marvel was her role model. Yeah. And now she she's was like... the original Miss Marvel, Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's just like ripping it because she's really angry. Yeah. But then there's a point where Miss Marvel decides that the champions shouldn't be on either side. They should be, like, later on when Miles gets involved, they're on Miles' side and they leave. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. yeah. But that's later. Anyway, so after this, um, Carol and Tony keep arguing and um, Tony says, you can't come back from this, Danvers. He murdered an Avenger. They're going to bury him and then they're going to bury you for forcing his hand. Uh, and then we flip back to the courtroom where they're handing down the verdict and it turns out that Tony was actually wrong. Um, uh Tony's not in the courtroom when they hand the verdict down. We go back to his lab, to the um, Hall of Armour, 
and he is standing with MJ and says that he already knows what the verdict is because he's a futurist and he can't help it. Um, and just as MJ's about to tell him what the verdict is, um, Friday pops up and says that she's worked out the calculations on Ulysses' brain activity, and so they finally worked out how his powers work. Um, and that's a bit of a sort of cliffhanger there. Tony goes, oh, my God, it's it's our future. Left a little bit out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we jump to the next issue, Civil War 2, Volume 4, or Issue 4, uh, and Captain Marvel's flying back to the Triskelion, um, and she goes in to tell um, She-Hulk has just woken up from her coma, and she goes in to tell her about Tony and about um, Hulk and Hawkeye as well. Yeah. Um, so she ends up sort of very slowly telling Jennifer that her cousin has been killed by Hawkeye and that the we find out that the defend uh, the defendant that the um the verdict of the trial is that Hawkeye is free to leave that he's found not guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Which like he was asked by Hulk to kill him. Mm. But um <clears throat> I like it's not just because he is in a way not guilty because he was asked to do it and he knew that it was going to happen, but also because, like, um, it says here it has a picture of Spider-Man um, above, Morales. well, yeah, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, above the city with a bunch of crowds standing around TVs that say Hawkeye walks and um, there's, like, just broadcasting everywhere and it says that everyone's calling him a hero. Because he killed a monster. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that would happen in the real world? Because I kind of do. I reckon that yeah. the American people and probably all sort of Western people would see the Hulk as a threat um, yeah. to their safety and not really care if that, someone killed him. Yeah. Not really care if they if someone was a murderer. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't it, even matter if there's proof saying that they're not guilty and mm. that they've been asked to do it. Mm. They'll just go, who cares? Like this guy killed a big, a really big monster who's been threatening us for ages now. Mm-hmm. Don't lock him up. He's like our new hero. Yeah, because I think um, like even though the law is you can't kill, you can't murder someone, and you're not allowed to help someone kill themselves, so even though Bruce said it was okay, but the law is you're not allowed to assist someone to kill themselves. Um, I think that people would still let a jury, which is made up of like 12, 12 people, yeah. would still find him not guilty, even though the law is that they would really have to find him guilty. Yeah. Because, um, like, um, how do you, like, if you just walked up to someone on the street with a gun and said, quickly make a video that says I'm allowed to kill you, Mm. otherwise I'll shoot you, and then they make a video and then when you kill them, like, um, it goes to court and they go, no, see, there's this video that says that gives me permission to kill this person. It's Mm. like, well, you did it for this other guy, so why Mm. not me? Yeah, well, that's that's got a legal precedent where um, it's been – 
it happened once in court, and so the next time it comes into court, someone else can say, well, you'd let that happen that time. Yeah. And then that's that's something that's bad. It can have bad flow-on effects. That's why they're supposed to follow the rules. Exactly. In the courtroom. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you've told me once before, too, like there was something like you thought um, that the actual video evidence of Bruce saying that he had agreed to it yeah. and that he designed the kill, killer arrow. Yeah. Um, that's that's not real proof. Yeah. Like someone exactly. could have faked that or exactly. And like, how do you know Hawkeye didn't threaten him or something, or someone else had threatened him and forced Hawkeye to do it as well? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like you could ask um, the person who had made the recording, but hey, you can't because they're dead. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's um. Like we were saying before, that these, even though this is a, a fantasy and sci-fi story, um, it's based on real issues about the legal system and how it doesn't yeah. always work, how it's not always fair, There's it doesn't normally, always follow the rules. Normally, in a book like this, like a really big book, and it's like in a different world, mm. there is some sort of message that like applies to the real world, like politics and government and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're going for here, that the legal system is broken in a way because it doesn't work all the time. Exactly. It can be twisted and profiling can change it and all that sort of stuff. All right, well, we have reached the halfway mark and I think that's probably a good spot for us to stop part one of um, our podcast because this is this is a really long one yeah. um, and it's this is our, well, my favourite scene coming up next. So we will start that on part two it's also my favorite scene excellent all right thanks for listening see you next time for part two of civil war two yep (laughs) bye